All right. Hello, everyone. Happy Tuesday evening. Welcome to another episode of Crypto with English. So today's topic is going to be the fourth industrial revolution and the inclusion of women and how that journey and trajectory shall be. I'd like to introduce to you all a very special guest, uh, Mocktilde Brenholk. She's the founder of the Be Her Ally NFT collection. And even apart from that, she has a very, very impressive resume uh, in its own right as well. So she's the COO of Codebase Technologies, and she was the former APAC uh, operations head at, uh, at Finastra. Is that correct? Got it. Yeah. So today we're going to deep dive into the, uh, I guess you could say, some of the overall themes of this project and what you hope to eventually accomplish. And I know, um, you know, you want to support women entrepreneurs, women in tech, women of color, and a particular one you also mentioned as well, women um, who come from abused families. And, you know, there's a lot of talk about inclusion, but, you know, there's probably not enough attention on that last uh, category. So I'm looking to get into the weeds about how NFTs can further enhance and encourage financial inclusion. Thank you so much, Adam. Really, really appreciate it. It's an absolute, absolute pleasure. I love the topics you discuss and that is so educational to everyone. So thank you for thank this you. opportunity. Um, for me, predominantly, overall my where this whole interest stems and and i i come from south africa so it's in itself a very very diverse culture right um and as we know it's also it's while it's a very developed country it's still a country with a lot of its own issues as well and and you know having gone through the apartheid time and having gone through those changes i think my passions definitely stem from inclusion overall on how do we bring people together regardless of race of color of gender right. overall and i've seen these things throughout my career in the corporate world as well now there are so many different controversial topics and things going on where people everyone has got their area of focus that they are passionate about where for me diversity is a given no matter where you are but inclusion is a choice. And for me, I and, and for me, this whole collection is really about driving that inclusion is bringing people together, bring getting more male allies, in particular, standing up for what is right and for the integrity. So I focus on the equity, not so much. I think when we speak about gender equality, Equality. It can be a bit of a different topic in itself, but if we focus on equity, it goes on fairness and for what's right. And integrity stands for we do what is right even when nobody is looking. And that's where the whole foundation stems from. And it will be a series of collection while the first part is starting on gender bias, breaking that breaking stereotypes, but I definitely do not want to leave out our male counterparts who in itself also um, go through their own stages and their own challenges uh, in the environment. Right. And beautifully said. So, you know, starting at the top or, you know, starting at the base of this project, what are some of the misunderstandings or what are some of the um, general assumptions that maybe people are getting wrong when it comes to you know, gender equality, um, equity, and inclusion, because I think there is also a crowd who thinks, okay, we're in the future, um, you know, equality, equity has already been reached. And I think that's a very, very naive, um, you could say, uh, almost careless way of looking at it. But, uh, but on, the other on the other hand, as, as well, you know, that journey is still trying to be finely tuned and defined. And I think this is all a process for society across the world in general. So if you can talk about um, what is like the, if this was a layer cake, what would the base be, so to say? Yeah, oh, absolutely right. It's like an onion, right? Because there yeah, are so right. many different layers to it. And therefore we will also have different people touching in different areas that will make an impact across the board. Now, 
a lot of things I in, in Finestra as well, I was um, driving the cohort for the local Asia Pacific um, diversity and inclusion um, development and expansion of, of the pilot program. And because it's a passion, you know, when, when you're passionate about something, you also will see and hear more about certain things. Right. And I'm, I'm, I'm sometimes wondering whether awareness can be a blessing or a curse because, you know, ignorance um, can be bliss as well. But then right. at the same time, it's about what do we do with the knowledge when we are aware of something? Do we still just go and ignore or do we genuinely, um, you know, listen? to what the real problem is or do we right. just brush it off and say you know what it's not my problem because i haven't experienced it and that is something i find more often so there are two things that i find very often during an awareness phase when you roll out programs or when you speak to people whether business or personal conversations there are things of i've never seen it i've never experienced it you know, I don't, I think data, uh, it's, it, you need to look at the context because that is overrated. So you kind of hear those things. And the other part is, um, I'm a dad, I've got daughters, so I'll never let that happen. Yet I saw the complete opposite. So it doesn't mean, my daughter actually said something really interesting. She said one day, she said, mom, it doesn't mean because you're a parent, you automatically take action. And that to me was very powerful. So it is the, the point that I want to move towards is we stop, we need to stop just talking about things because there's lots of awareness across the board about um, gender pay gaps, for example, bias, subtle discrimination. Um, I've done a bias uh, inclusion uh, leadership course and i wrote that out into the company as well and even i became aware of new things that i wasn't aware of so subtle right. discrimination when you make comments like tone down your voice or sure. um you're too competitive you know now these things may sound cliche it's not just right. women going through these things but it may sound innocent or it may it's, it's not positive feedback um, I was in a conversation the other day where somebody said, all right, you women can, can talk about makeup now whilst I do my own thing. Oh, and wow. it was, it was um, very interesting to, to see, um, it, it, regardless of, of the, who it comes from, it simply comes from us needing to be more mindful and self-aware so how do we stand up now i there was somebody at the table that said and this is a beautiful example excuse me this is not the right way to to speak to somebody you know this is right. a very uh, wrong comment or statement to make and the person asked why um so that that was beautiful because when you ask why, as you've got a growth mindset, you really want to understand. It's right. not just brushing it off. And the statement, and, and the, my comment was, look, um, women don't just talk about makeup and stuff. We talk about business as well. There is, it, it may come across that you are not that intelligent and that you're not right. able to have any um, intelligence or ability to talk about broader topics. And the response was, well, okay, now I know. So it's, it's interesting, but um harassment and microaggressions it could even be something in an email when you position to everyone and i'm i'm guilty of it myself is typically if you would send an email to different people where men and women are in the email you go like hey guys oh it i may see what you mean yeah it may seem so innocent but it is it's for us to be more aware of how we approach things um and how do we drive more inclusion by the way that we speak by the way that we act um and and let me let me stop there so uh, because there's this i'm very passionate about this there's, there's so much data and so much you know that we can talk about it but yeah let, let me pause at that point no by all by all means those are some very uh, excellent points you raise and i kind of have a i guess you could say a collateral or, or parallel question to that so you know, I've had many, uh, you know, women tech entrepreneurs, thought leaders come on to this show, and I have heard this. I've heard this. Um, I guess you could say sentiment echoed. 
the fact of the matter is, is that some have, you know, expressed on this show and offline, you know, they want to essentially have the same opportunity to participate, but they don't simply want it to be given merit just by being a woman in of itself, because it feels a little condescending. It feels, you know, patronizing. It feels unearned, you know, and, and, and things like that. How do you think, how do you think we balance that against, let's say, the interest in putting as many women in tech as possible and encouraging as much inclusion as possible? I absolutely love that. It's um, there's no right or wrong answer to this because they honestly, I think it's still a learning journey for yeah. a lot of people and a lot of organizations. There are organizations that's doing it right or that is, is has come to the point where they don't do a tick box exercise, but they live and breathe and take action on what they say. And I right. think those are, we got to look at uh, those organizations that truly started to model those changes already. Um, I do want to highlight uh, MasterCard because I've, I've had a number of discussions with, with people in the organization as well. And I can, so I've, I've seen both sides, not only what they put out on the internet and right. their, their post, but from people internally as well. And when those two come together where people agree that the companies stand behind what they say they're doing then you know it is it's a progressive environment it's an environment that no longer works on metrics right but on integrity and truly drive their their uh, culture based on the diversity of thought on the different skill sets, diversity of skill sets, regardless of who you are and where you come from. And I think that is the main thing we got to start looking at. It is um, whilst you do want to, some companies implement sort of um, an affirmative action uh, policy to kind of make right what is wrong, we got to be careful of that because if, you, if you're not taking, um, if you're not putting the right awareness to this on how you go about, you still would not have the impact and the results at the end of the day that you need. And right. where I've seen even women numerous times where they do have the skills and it, yes, the internet is full of that information, which is really where I want to change these things through the NFT collection. Um, by the, the, the funds that would be raised from that is to drive action through programs. But right. um, it is, they say that they are promoting women. They say that they're supporting women. But when you look at the actions from either leadership or uh, even, well, leadership across the board, you can go mid-management to top management and it right. is not everyone. It's certain, you know, it will always be pockets of individuals in an organization. It is, it is sad when it comes from leadership that needs to drive that inclusion and that not, needs to drive respect and integrity, which is a value and a moral ethics in itself. That's, that's the foundation of it all. If you genuinely drive inclusion to, and it's hard, we're human beings. You are human right. beings will judge. We, we will judge others uh, on certain things. But when we practice that inclusion, which is something that I fight on a daily basis not to judge others. And recently I realized that it was a fault of my own where I, I do that as well. Um, and now I become aware of it on where I judge people. Right. I'm changing to practice more patience. So um, when it comes from leadership, who exercise or who acts with a lack of integrity or not drive inclusion or not leading by that example. There's no right. reason for other people to follow yet. I'm saying this with a caveat. The caveat also is that when you are a person of integrity, then you will not follow the masses. You will do what is right. Right. It's a, a double-edged sword. Right. Absolutely. Nobody's uh, nobody's steering you. You're steering yourself, so to say. 
pure mm. person of integrity. And, you know, going off of one of the examples uh, you mentioned, like uh, I think the email that said, you know, hey guys, you know, for instance, something that seems kind of benign, harmless in of itself, but it's also, you know, um, you, you could say a, a, a bit careless and, you know, you could even say a bit insensitive, so to say, especially if you're also addressing, you know, um, you know, women. So personally, I usually just say, hey, everybody. And especially like if it's both men and women, I'm like, well, I'm not going to say guys because there's also women here. So, you know, logically speaking, I'm just going to, you know, say, hey, everybody. But, you know, you've had a very impressive and vast career in financial services and enterprise software for over 20 years. So I would imagine you have encountered, you know, numerous examples of certain, you know, you could say disparate treatment. So I was wondering if you could perhaps maybe cite or just list a few examples of that, you know, even including ones that seem harmless. But in actuality, you know, um, had some heavier implications, so to say. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I mean, I, I'm on this journey to to bring everyone together to even learn from my male counterparts as well, because we, when we need to practice inclusion on making a difference, it's not just right. about women going through this, right? Now, right. a lot of the things um, I've, I've had numerous throughout numerous discussions, throughout driving cohorts, through um attending a female leadership summit through my own experiences so it's it's really vast um some of the examples that that would be common amongst women uh ambitious women more so who generally go out to to drive and achieve something because they are passionate about what they do and they take a lot of pride for and now i don't mean pride in you know, a, a superiority complex way. I just mean they, they are proud of, of how far they've come. Right. Um, often comments to, to those women goes, you're aggressive, you're abrasive. Sure. Um, you need to tone down or um, stand back or be in the background or don't try to steal the limelight. These are these right. are real examples. These are real examples. Um, Don't try to steal the limelight. You're too aggressive. Uh, wow. You know, it, it sounds like, I guess you could say, other than just general misogyny, it sounds like a bunch of thin-skinned guys in that group, too, whoever they are. <laughs> well, the irony is these come from high achievers, male achievers themselves. I so, um, and and I, I do not understand what the need is for, for such commentary uh, again, it comes back to individuals. Therefore, I would sure. not like to to bring that across the board to everyone, um, because again, every individual needs to take accountability for what they say and and how they feel. But when you're going to look at your environment on your your high performers, are you really looking at it through an unbiased lens by bringing other people into the equation? to test yourself, to challenge yourself, to challenge whether you are not biased. And that right. is taking responsibility where you're being told, oh, you're too pushy. You know, I, I once had to, to manage a situation with um, uh, in, in, in a different uh, environment, you know, where, where the, you get the male and female, of course, teams where you yeah. have a female with a male manager, for example, um and the person was extremely upset being called you know these different or being labeled in a specific way due to behavior and what one needs to remember is as a leader it is our responsibility to always lift people up and be right. extremely careful with our tongues be very careful with what we Absolutely. say and then what we think is what is going to come out of our mouth what's going to come out of our mouth as well is going to go through our actions and that is the responsibility of a leader to be inclusive to be empathetic to empower and we also i want to bring that back to us as individuals are we empowering even when right. we speak to ourselves yeah and you know perhaps inclusion is ever more necessary because perhaps in you know certain strata of certain industries maybe uh let's say some of these apparent high performers maybe are not used to 
per se working with a, a, a lot of women. So maybe, uh, you know, being hypersensitive towards uh, any anybody of the opposite sex showing some sort of uh, progress or or uh, you know potential, probably maybe bringing let's say the same you could say guy approach to it or you know or, or something like that. So you know it seems to me that some of this inclusion may help kind of mitigate a lot of this maybe you could almost say programmed uh, you know in, insecurity or, or, or something that something like that and I, I would say this I think if for people who are genuinely confident but also competent in their own abilities I think having somebody with a comparable ability you know might look at that as an exciting opportunity you get to test yourself maybe you'll get to see you know how do you measure up against other people you know it's kind of easy to kind of you know sit pretty when everything is uh you know going well so you know it, it seems to me uh as a society we have a little bit more work to to do there to say the very least i love that comment it is so true again it comes back to how do we measure ourselves and right. There, nobody should be your competition. They should only right. be a measurement in terms of what you want to achieve. Right. Uh, if, if they do have certain qualities that you look up to, otherwise there's no reason to actually make any form of statement or comment, but rather just work on what it is that you want to achieve. <laughs> right? Right. So, right? Yeah, I, I really like that comment in, in that being a measurement. Well, yeah, you know, I, I also think perhaps uh, you know, this goes to a greater conversation, but I, I think people uh, need to know how to become self-confident and let's say not be confident based on maybe uh, things that one has achieved or not, because, you know, you know, what you achieve today, it may not mean a whole lot tomorrow or next year. You know, life is always throwing curveballs at you and life is always throwing challenges. So, you know, I, I do think uh, maybe as far as parenting or the school system or whatnot, I think it needs to teach people to be a little bit, to have a, a, a broader perspective and a more open mind. But you know what? Have a thicker skin. Like, yeah, so what? Let's say, let's say Mocktild is doing much better as far as her numbers on like a business development team than me. You know, if, you know, the better conversation in that hypothetical would be, what, what am I doing wrong? And how can I change my current process, you know, to get that up? I think that's what people, like, let's say in that hypothetical, that is what one should be asking themselves, yeah. you know, so to say. It shouldn't be, like, oh, she's just getting, you know, some sort of special treatment or, you know, somebody's just kind of, you know, somebody's just kind of, you know, throwing a little bit of, you know, nepotism her way just by virtue of being either a female or, or something else. I, I think more often, you know, often the truth and I think the hardest conversation is kind of looking inward. You know, as far as, you know, where am I screwing up? Or where am I fucking up? Like, you know, how can I make this process? How can I make, how can I increase my aptitude? You know, so, yeah. so to say. So it makes me wonder. But anyway, moving on to kind of a little bit more of a nuanced subject. But this is something that has a lot of context and also a lot of subparts to it. So when it comes to, let's say, women of color, I think that also implies women of different natural or, um, different national origin. So have you seen many examples of, let's say, let's say on top of, let's say, being a woman, women who've also encountered some sort of disparate treatment based on where they're from? And I would even say even personally, have you been treated with any type of bias or have you been treated differently just by virtue of being from uh, South Africa, you know, with its, I guess you could say, with its tumultuous you know, history. And I think one of the recent examples we've seen on the news was some of the things that was said about uh, Elon Musk during the uh, Twitter acquisition. Uh, somebody, actually many elements of, uh, you could say, media um, implying and even, you know, even beyond implying um, that he was a white supremacist just by virtue of being from South Africa, which is very, very unfair and I would say slanderous. And also he left when he was 17. So, I mean, like seriously, like he's a kid pretty much. But anyway, to that question, um, have you encountered something like that? Um, I have. And be before you know, I elaborate on that, it is people are saying things when they come from a place of hurt and right. anger. Um, and it doesn't justify it by all means. Um, and, and there's history behind a lot of things. I mean, 
this is such a broad topic and it's very hard to make a general comment because especially in a topic like this there's always context to every bit of a, every silo every every topic of the conversation actually it goes into its depth and breadth of of it to that that you need to look at the context but definitely so um in in terms of women of color especially um you know, just, just coming from South Africa, I mean, if you look at the violence across the board, now that's men, women, children, doesn't matter. It is, if, if I'm not mistaken, still, I think it is the third, uh, it's the third in the world of the highest crime countries uh, on, on the list. Oh, wow. And um, I think at, at some point as well, the, the rape uh, statistic showed that it was every... 30 seconds a woman get raped so um you know it is it's absolutely absurd so and that is regardless of color regardless of color right so that's across right. all demographics people are, are truly a victim of all site all sorts of wanton violence that's all around them yeah points but then when it comes to a topic where i'm passionate about where i want this nft collection to drive change and why i'm passionate about blockchain in itself because of the different opportunities that it offers. When you look at women of color in promotions or in, um, again, injustice touches everyone regardless of right. where they come from. But when you look at women of color or people of color, men as well, um, they definitely do have less opportunities across the board you can see right. when uh, that's where our bias and judgment comes in play yeah where, and kind of going off that like have you seen situations where people let's say let's say they have either um let's say they either have a black co-worker let's say hypothetically promoted to let's say director or you know you could say uh you know vice president of a certain division have you seen this kind of like these murmurs and whispers of like oh okay i see you know, he got that, you know, because so on and so forth, you know, insert, <laughs> insert, you know, a barrage of either just, you know, insults or resentment. Well, um, again, in, in I've, I've not heard that in the business environment, but having right. grown up in South Africa, especially during a time of apartheid, yes, you definitely hear those kind of things. Sure. For, for me, uh, I, I came from early years in my career, uh, in my career, I did recruitment. And let me tell you, for me, it was always about, I practiced awareness even back then, who's the best person right. for the job. And I placed any person of every color, um, any race, doesn't, really doesn't matter where they come from, right. um, because it's really about understanding that person. Now, to just, to just come back to, to your previous question is where we can see, you know, the injustice or inequality a bit more especially on women of color if you look at female founders so when you look at the funding across the board female-led businesses has only only two percent of them has reached funding since 2016 um and, and wow. across the board which is an exceptionally small portion to think that female-led businesses only accounted for two percent of funding for their startups whereas where all the other money is going, you know, elsewhere. So right. women of color even gets less than that. So it, I want this to drive that change. I want this to, to drive more inclusion and therefore in this have more male counterparts. I want to partner with people who wants to be part of that change to, to break the barriers. Um, women and children being abused. So this really should be right. to even out the equation, but in the right manner, because there are people with so much potential, but also a lot of experience that can drive change and impact. And we have seen some of these bits and pieces, uh, you know, making waves in, in the news, but it's not nearly enough. I'd like to use Viola Davis as, as an example, sure. you know, as an, and as an actress, absolutely love her. Um, she played the re lead role in um, How to Get Away with Murder. And yes. she essentially yeah, spoke about a, such a powerful woman. And I get it, I'm getting goosebumps when I think about it because um, 
uh, you know, she leads by example and she's standing up. So it, it takes right. others to, to take that journey in her industry as well, to take that journey alongside and say, you know what, we stand by you. We take movie producers, for example, to say, you know what, I'm standing by this. Yes, I'm listening. Let me work that in actively in my next script. Let's, let's work on these things right. in how we do it. Same in business here where we, when you have a company, when you realize what the numbers are, don't throw a blind eye to say, uh, okay, we're creating positions, which I've seen, um, there's typically a tendency to create senior leadership roles without the leadership responsibility, right? right? So they give a title with the, so to create the illusion that a female has been promoted without the actual influence or, or authority. So that is something that is a pitfall for women. That is a pitfall because they, it, it may boost, uh, it may be flattering and it may boost, uh, you know, their, their self-esteem to feel great. I'm, I'm now being promoted. But w again, coming from a recruitment background, early, career, early years, if you're not gaining new skills to the value that will increase uh, you know, in your industry or the role that you're doing, you're going to end up being overpaid. Then what do you do? When you move to a new company, you haven't learned anything new. You actually got oh, a yeah. for a fancy title. So you, now you do injustice again because you try to correct the metrics. So companies need to be extremely careful of that. But I definitely want to see more change happening um, for people across the board. Right. Very, uh, and very well said. And, you know, kind of moving on to the next layer of this uh, cake, so to say, talk about the inspiration behind this collection and what was, I guess you could say, the very moment uh, that you decided to pursue this Be Her Ally NFT collection. Uh, was it a series of events? Was it one event? Talk about it. Yeah. So, you know what? I've always wondered what would be the perfect vehicle or avenue to pursue this because right. there are many ways you can start a company and you can go around speaking on stages or you can do coaching or you can provide programs or, you know, in anything that we do, there are many different vehicles and tools that that's available to us um, and how we can get the message out there and drive impact. Blockchain, this gives an opportunity through blockchain for me. Now, I'm passionate about blockchain as a whole because as a core driver, since I got to learn more about it, I got to learn more about it when my daughter jumped on the bandwagon. Oh, very nice. And my daughter kept pushing me for a while. Mom, you got to get in crypto. Mom, you got to get in crypto. That's before NFT really actually started making waves. And the two of us spoke a lot about the cost of inaction when you're not making use of an opportunity. So sometimes people are scared to take action because they're unsure because of the risk. But then what is the cost of inaction as well? And through that discussion, I said, you know what? You're right. Um, let me let me do this. And we started up every morning. We started watching our videos on the crypto market and what is happening. And right. then it's one thing led to the other. We started watching about NFTs. Right. Now, and, and that's where I say to her, oh my gosh, NFTs actually is the perfect platform to use this for me personally, because I'm a creative person. I love art. I have done art since, since a kid. And it was the ideal opportunity for me to express it through my artistic skills. And that's where the light bulb went on, where I started linking, whilst I'm in traditional finance, in my career, blockchain for me moving that, you know, in that transition, right. it, I work a lot on the financial inclusion side of or an embedded finance and a traditional finance. But then I saw that bridge over into blockchain and how that can drive more opportunities at scale for so many economies and people. So this is, this is, um, tapping into every individual to be able to make money, to earn an income, but also be successful because it can tap into your talent. It really taps into your talent. Now, this, my, my passion then drove for this. Firstly, it's because I've always, I've, I want people to be included. I want people to reach right. their potential. 
I love feel-good stories. Who doesn't love a feel-good story? Right. Now, also love seeing people reaching their potential, which is as a leader, always my focus in an organization, whomever even reports to me as well as how do we empower them to be better than what they believe they can be. Now, this collection um, starts off with own experiences and experiences of those close to me. And that was the core driver behind it. And I thought, you know, what's the best way to get a story out there is when firstly you see, you have a problem. There is a problem in the market. That there's no doubt about these two things. Right. Um, and, and businesses normally stems from people experiencing or having a problem that they want to solve or come from their own passions on things that they can really talk about. And I've got a group of women um, who's, who's really gone through numerous things. And yes, they say, you're, like um, Cheryl Sandberg said, your career journey is like a jungle gym. It's, it's not linear. But right. I still yet have it. to find, I still yet have to find proper support from male sponsors in the industry. Right. As well as female leaders taking active action on lifting others up. We don't have that enough because this is really about driving, driving that change. When this NFT collection is to drive a mutual fund for female-led businesses and partnering with organizations in driving this active change, creating more male sponsorships, creating those opportunities, because how how do people actually get more opportunities in an organization? And this has been a topic time and again at many summits, leadership summits as well, is male sponsorship and mentorship for taking people along the journey. Now it goes the same. If you have a female who's been promoted, how do we take care of everyone? Right. How do we bring people along that path? Because people get promoted in organizations because uh, typically, when we're not aware of our bias, we typically promote and employ people who are more like us and that we right. associate more with. And that doesn't mean it's it's by gender, but it would most likely be by gender because if you go out for a beer sure. after work, um, who's likely to join you on that? Right. It's going to be your peers who you usually associate with. Yes. So it becomes a very, it's always then a very close circle where people try and be included. Right. But they don't know. Not everyone is going to come around. Um, you know, I, I've got a beautiful, beautiful example, actually. Sure. In one of my organizations, um, I I worked a lot with, with um, the technical team who was predominantly uh, male. And I found them to be, in this particular group, very, very encouraging and supportive. Um, they started saying to me, Maftal, you know, when you drive these discussions, um, we think you're doing a great job because you really hold people accountable and you get the job done. And I found that three of them actually spoke up in a meeting where, uh, in numerous times actually, where comments, unwanted comments were made back on right. not wanting to do something or try to challenge for the wrong reasons. And I stood up and said, this is an action. It needs to be done. And whoever was on the call listened. Right. It was very, very interesting. And then what they also did is they started inviting me for lunch. And at the first two times I declined because I felt like, yes, I get along with them but I, I wasn't sure how I belonged. And I guess it, 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 that's something people also need to think about sometimes. It, it's not always uh, there's uncertainty on how to take the approach. But you know, at the third time, they said, look, we'd really love for you to come and have lunch. And since then, I went for several lunches with them. Right. Um, and I found that to be so encouraging. And you know, they were very the topics of discussion during lunch was fun. It was about anything, it was about business, about life. I started playing golf with them. And Very nice. They included me. 
right? They they stood up for what was right during meetings. But then right. on the flip side, I've also seen and experienced and coached people who doesn't have that at all because of the right. examples I gave you earlier. Stay, stay, you know, stay in the background. Uh, try to stop trying to steal the limelight. Um, you're too ambitious. You're you're too aggressive. You're too pushy. So um, these things really need to change uh, by action. Right. Very, uh, you know, very well said. And you raised a good point about how people, maybe just by instinct or nature. They like to surround themselves and perhaps promote or hire people who are more, you know, similar to themselves. And, you know, I guess if we look at the scope of modern human history, it's about, you know, 40,000 years, you know, more or less, you know, um, the basic unit and subunit of every society were essentially tribes and everybody had their own duties, both male, you know, both male and female alike. And it seems like whether it's from a cultural bias standpoint, or you could almost even say just by pure human nature, people kind of fall into that trap. And I think the problem is, is that if you keep surrounding yourself with people who are just like you, I think whether in any, in any type of practical business sense, if you're going to surround yourself with people just like you, you kind of create these self-imposed echo chambers. And then you don't see where the punches are coming. You know, to say the least, because like, you know, if you surround yourself with, let's say, women or men, you're all from the same town or, or, or same or same part of the country. You all you like the same sports teams. You like the same shows and stuff like that. You know, I think when people are friendly, especially they are less inclined to offend. And I think that's both goes for men and women alike. You know, if you're with your peers and you really like them, you know, a lot of times you're going to kind of people kind of try to dance around a lot of that stuff. Like, oh, this is my friend. I don't want to upset them. And, and so on and so forth. And I think that's how, you know, maybe too much, uh, you know, uh, homogeny is, is, quite, is quite bad. And I think perhaps as people, we need to look at, you know, maybe our tribe, so to say, in a more broader sense. And, you know, life is just full of chaos and randomness at the end of the day. You know, maybe if somebody different, let's say if somebody different, you know, made it ahead of you online, got the promotion, and let's say you didn't, you know, you don't know how that's going to play out. And in fact, that person could end up being your best friend and that person could end up opening doors for you on your behalf and things like that. I think people need to be a little bit more open to the way how unorganized life kind of plays out, you know, so to say, and maybe without knowing it, you know, maybe, you know, people in your immediate peer or friend circle may be kind of either inadvertently or intentionally kind of poisoning the well for you. You know, like I said, if you surround yourself with people, who are the same, you know, female and male alike, you miss those kind of things as, you know, as well. And I think history has shown, you know, many times too, having a very diverse group of people, women and men alike, increases, I think, the options and the, you could say, feasibility of, you know, um, you could say conceptualizing possibilities and then actually, you know, acting on it and, and you know, presenting you know, a plan. And, you know, as a huge history nerd, there's, uh, you know, there's many, many uh, examples of that. I mean, if you go to like, let's say, you know, the dark ages, pre, pre middle ages, you know, you know, the Vikings, for instance, established a very fearsome reputation from as far north as Ireland and as far south as uh, Iraq, actually. So a lot of, I guess, one aspect that isn't told as much is that close to about a third, maybe half the ranks were actually women. And I'm talking about using using the same shields, helmets, and axes, and, th and things like that. You know, um, and they're in you know Joan of Arc. Uh, you know, the Hundred Year War against the English. You know, uh, th this was essentially the Middle Ages, very male dominated, surrounding themselves against a female leader. Uh, you know, there's many examples of this throughout history, and it, it kind of makes me wonder: were people in some ways more flexible in thinking? In older days, you know, maybe for the sake of survival, like you can't really have these very, very strict roles when the average life expectancy is like 25 years, it's 25 years at best, yeah. so to say. Yeah. So uh, in a weird way, I kind of wonder if modern comfort has kind of made society go a little bit backwards. And, and this is what I mean talking about, like having blind spots, you know, so to say. I mean, that's just my little bit of rambling on that. I think that was a little bit of a rabbit hole. I love hole, that. <laughs> I love that. I, you know what? The point that 
I see from or the takeaway that I get from that, again, right. it comes back to where the ignorance is bliss um, and right. what you do with your knowledge. Because as we grow and the more knowledge we get, we actually, it changes our perceptions. It changes the way we behave, how we do things. And maybe, yes, you know, if uh, as, as times continue on, Yes, definitely it will change because people have different experiences and we are influenced by different things. Right. But maybe it is skewing it in a way and we're trying to reverse that through through all these, uh, you know, through the awareness. And, and people started standing up and say, hey, um, you know, I'm not being heard. Um, and I want to bring that back again on the beauty of, of blockchain as a whole right. where we can see the expansion on so this is not based on an you know from an individual point of view this is of course based from an industry point of view where we talk about inclusion right. because blockchain is we're scratching this we haven't i we haven't even scratched the surface i don't want to say we scratched the surface because we haven't really even scratched the surface um because blockchain is expanding at such a rapid pace currently and i'm speaking to um, a lot of people in the industry, because it's related to, to my collection, to understand more about the ecosystem um, and, and where the industry is going and a lot of the research. You know, there are so many organizations out there who's building their infrastructure and, and bringing others on board where you can see they're building the whole ecosystem from your uh, metaverse creators to your, your E2P players, your um, NFT creators, um, et cetera. So you, so you really see people building out that. And that is where, from an inclusion point of view, you're actually bringing right. um, people and economies together in a way that was never thought of before. Yes, we're going to have a lot of learning still. We're going to um, have a lot of new opportunities coming to the forefront that never existed. We can already right. see new opportunities coming to the forefront that never existed. And for, for me, I do not separate my passion for blockchain to this collection because this collection comes is born out of that, but it has the right. same principles and the same um, impact on inclusion and giving more opportunities um, for those who even never had the opportunity in in a very underdeveloped country, for example, to to earn an income. Right. Very, uh, you know, very well said. And it's, and you know, as to the Be Her Ally NFT project, what are some of the uh, milestones um, you plan on hitting this year? Um, you know, as far as like uh, you know, the underlying technology to power this. You know release dates for certain projects can you talk about that a little bit yeah yeah absolutely so um that to me was a learning journey on its own and i guess that as for everything new how much do you take on how far are you and, and what do you know for me um it's, it's been at a bit of a slower pace because of the learning journey so i i started drawing my nft collection um, and then I combined that with, uh, I transferred it over uh, onto a program where I combined some digital art with my own uh, hand right. And speaking yeah. of drawing and animation, um, were there any type of, you know, either cartoons or video games you were a big fan of growing up? Because a lot of times I meet NFT artists, there is like some sort of cartoon or video game experience that kind of, uh, you know, served as the spark for a lot of these things. Oh yeah, well, I love my gaming. For for me, I you know that's what I would do on my in my own time, uh, which is again why I love this because normally people raise their eyebrows when I told them I'm a I'm a gamer, you know, in the industry and everything that sure. I'm in. But now it becomes again more inclusive. Right. So uh, the technology behind it is I've always I've loved pop art. I've loved pin up kind of styles. Right. I've, love the retro vintage i'm very much uh, i i love that kind of style and right and the art looks some somewhere around like the late 1950s like mid 1960s when i was you know looking at your stuff like kind of that vintage you know pop-up you know uh you know type yes. of art era. yeah and and i thought the pop-up art would be a very fun theme uh to work with because it, it really goes it's fun 
it, it, it's creative. And uh, I, when I started with that, my initial thought behind this was it, it's kind of, it was interesting where instead of putting, uh, closing everyone's mouths with, with tape or so, you know, we are in a pandemic, if we see people with a mask on, so it's kind of like um, a, uh, a double, you know, message in a way that sure, yes, sure. our mouths are covered, but at the same time, we are, you know, we are being silenced when you yeah being, free speech issues. In that way. Right. So, and and it's about putting, you know, it's it's about uh, so so my characters in a pop art fashion um, will be it's it's very different and dynamic. You will have um, women with um, of all different skin colors. You will have different eye colors. You will right. have, you know, uh, I, I can't remember what what it's called. Uh, it's vitiligo, right? So when you when you have right, yeah, when you have the spotty skin. discoloration, yes. Yeah. So I included that. Um, and and what is it when you have two different eye colors? You put blue oh, and brown. I think it's called uh, heterochromia. I think. Ah, oh, there you go. Dave, there you uh, go. Thank David you. Bowie had it actually. <laughs> yes. And you know yeah. it's actually so beautiful. So, so my collection really includes all these different dynamics um, yeah. that that shows that there is no different to who you are, where you're from, and you should not be stereotyped. You should not be called names because right. what is the basic foundation that stems all of us? If you look at the Maslow's hierarchy, right? It's it's belonging, yeah. it's security. Right. Um, so ultimately. It, it all comes together. So I was excited to do it in a pop art fashion. So my, my roadmap for that would be, I'm not going to do a collection with thousands at the moment. Um, I am speaking to, to people that I can partner with. I would love to partner with some people in particular from, from a building a community point of view. Um, and then one can actually work on that for further roadmaps. My next roadmap would be across um, learning more about the male counterparts on what sure. they have been experiencing. And I think that's very, very important because that is, again, something that I think we haven't touched on, something that we're not seeing in the industry. So World of Women for me is an inspiration. They drive on equality and opportunity for all. and. I didn't know about them when I did my when I decided on my collection, but when I saw what they were doing, they were great, they are a great inspiration because I think they made like 125 million US in six months or something. They're really making waves. So you can see right. on a topic like this on driving equality, it's something that people want. Now, for me, it's 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 really about that inclusion part where I see a lot of similarities. Um, and therefore, I'm speaking to different organizations. I'm speaking to different people that I can partner with that I want to also include on this journey and um, would like to put my uh, launching my collection on OpenSea uh, later this year. Right. I've got my MetaMask wallet already. I've got my OpenSea account. So those will be the tools um, to be used and then have the Discord channel um for people to join uh and then join. also have the instagram uh page to to join on that yeah excellent and you know if you i guess as far as female leaders female heroes and you know people that are pioneers uh you know who who would be among the top i guess you could say female heroes pioneers leaders uh that come to mind let's say you know ones that genuinely you know inspire you this could be this could be modern this could be in the past from anywhere i'm inspired by different people on different topics so finance would be one business would be another um emotional intelligence would be another you know so so i'm inspired by different people um if i need to find a female role model it, it can still be quite tricky which is sad to say uh, but it's awakening to say really but when I look at female leaders who is walking at the forefront and that's uh, vocal and um, empowering to really make change, um, I look at Reese Witherspoon, 
she's you know she she's in an industry as well in a, in a male-dominated industry and therefore she took action in becoming a producer herself but yet she doesn't she's got challenges her own but she is also speaking up that inspired me when she spoke up about she wants to see more female nft creators as well so i right. that's where that connection for me comes comes through um and then for a long time as well i i looked at cheryl sandberg from the point of um speaking about the career it's not a ladder it's a jungle gym because yeah she brought more perspective about the different um, challenges in a working environment. So I look, I, I look at her from an educational point of view to drive that change, but also from the fact that she uh, created the Lean In groups. So she created a a forum for 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 women to actually come together and meet and and drive change and, and those discussions. Um, another person that I actually look up to. And, and it's gone, I mean, people sit on different sides of the coin, but would be Gary Vee. And the reason for me, while Gary Vee is an inspiration, is he's very frank and upfront, but right. he drives the message on respect and kindness. And he drives the message that when you are an empathetic leader and you take care of your people, you are not weak. And that for me right. is a very, very strong message. I think it is still misunderstood in the business world where you've got to be authoritative. You've got to be, um, you've got to have a, um, how can I say, dictatorial kind of, or, you know, leadership style, but sure. times have changed. Times have changed because people make your company. And uh, therefore, as leaders, we need to be responsible. We need to take care of our people. We work with human beings. And therefore, uh, when we uplift, up, uplift others and build them and grow them and truly focus on, on that, then we build our organization. So that's why Gary Vee, for me, is a great inspiration from, from that point of view. I mean, there's many others I, I can uh, call out. I mentioned Viola Davis earlier as right. well. She, for me, is a phenomenal example. Yeah, um, absolutely. Humility of respect of a woman of elegance and class. And she's a businesswoman. She's a successful businesswoman. So, and, and she's not afraid to speak up with so much poise, um, no matter the backlash. So I love that. And right. look, people love her for it now. Wow. Wonderfully said. And... Uh... I guess it would be fair to say you're quite bullish on the future of NFTs. There are certain skeptics and cynics um, who think that NFTs may have uh, had their time and it might soon be coming to an end. I'm even talking about within blockchain as well. So uh, I, I'm taking it that you're on the other side of that coin. Uh, yeah, well, I am super optimistic. You know, I love to look at where the opportunities are because when you look at where the opportunities are, and that goes on anything what you're doing if you look at where the opportunities are you're going to find them so for for me what keeps me up at night all the time is think about problems in business and world in the world and in software and whatever and how to solve them nfts um yes it is like anything new adam it's people don't know what they don't know but at the same time you will have your your group that just aren't interested like right. anything there are people who aren't interested but there are people who are interested but they are cautious or they're then pessimistic because anything that you don't know is a risk um yet it also depends on our on ourselves being open-minded and truly educating ourselves and this is what you're doing you educating people from many different experts and people coming from their career experience, from life experiences, your platform educates. And this is the right way that we need to go about. And it's, it's not about everything is, NFTs are not gonna be for everyone. Metaverse is not gonna be for everyone, but we're not gonna deny that this will be part of our life. NFT, Metaverse is here to stay, Web3 is here to stay. Right. NFTs is 
definitely, yes, maybe uh, there will be different facets of it that will have its highs and lows. Like I said, we have scratched the surface. We, we, we're just starting. You can right. see art and music, you know, being turned into NFTs. But NFTs is also being used in gaming. Gaming right. has been around for centuries, okay, for it's been sure. so long, right? I mean, my first video game, oh, my gosh, I, I think I still have this. I can't even remember the name. But the it was uh, Commodore 64 or <laughs> Nintendo? <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. You know, I mean, it's been uh, my first computer has been like a two eight six, a two eight six, a DOS two eight six. Oh yeah. And and oh, I played my games on it, so gaming is there. It's just evolved now, where NFTs actually is part of this. We already are trading in the gaming world. People are already trading in in the metaverse. You know, it is NFT is simply um, a method of yes. trade so i don't think it it has gone up and down there will be new ways of trading um and, and new ways of you know nfts coming out and how that can be of use it probably how that is seen is because it made a lot of news everybody well if i'm saying everybody again it's not everyone because it feels like everyone because when you see right. these things on your newsfeed and when you live in this world, that will naturally become part of your world. But there are so many people who is not known to this at all because I think it is on on uh, it's what movie was it uh, or there's there's a documentary that talks about uh, social media and the algorithms um, and the AI and how it targets you. So the more that you search for things, the more you will be targeted with this information. Now, we're right, only yeah. being targeted with this information, and then we think everybody knows about it. So only those who, who've searched for it and been targeted are the ones that really talks about it. Now, then you will still have your groups to say it has gone up and it is, it's a fad, it's a bubble. Crypto was said to be a bubble as well. We're just going through a rough patch. It's a very rough patch. We've seen a lot of companies needing to go through these rough patches um, in, in the last couple of weeks as well in crypto with a fall in the market. But I don't see NFT being any, any different. It's here to stay. Yeah, very, very well said. And, uh, you know, I think as far as just humanity is concerned, I think we should all aim towards the highest good. So essentially creating the best future possible for us individually and you know collectively. And I think those individuals or groups of people out there who are against you know greater inclusion of women and women of color, you know, in the in the industry, you know, I, I think ultimately they will be you know left behind. And I think people who are getting too wrapped up, obsessed, or upset about that, uh, I think they're focusing on the wrong things. And I think they're valuing, I think they're very, you know, incomplete and perhaps misguided opinions a little bit, you know, too much. I think the problem that we often see, and this, I think this ends up as far as bias in institutions, this could be in the private sector, or this could be, you know, in the public sector, you know, even, is that I think when people kind of get cloistered and they form their own groups, there's kind of this uh, group think. And the think is, I think, uh, people act as if they know everything they need to ever know at this, you know, at this very moment. And I think because of that, you know, um, people get stuck. People are focused on these irrelevant, you know, red, red herrings. And instead of, let's say, seeing things in a very balanced way, they see things in a very limited way. So instead of, you know, perhaps looking at somebody else based on where they're from or what gender they are or, you know, what cultural background they are, calm down first. This is what I'd say to anybody. Why don't you calm down first, breathe a little bit, and think about what value um, are they adding? You know, what potential do they, ha do they have? Yeah. Are they the missing piece to this uh, predicament or dilemma, let's say, this team is – is buying because I think you know the only way we're going to get to a better future is really increasing the global talent pool, and that is going to require greater inclusion of people. And if you think about the scope of history, you know, like I said, because I'm a history nerd, could you imagine how many great achievements may have been lost, you know, uh, throughout the past 2,000 plus years 
because let's say you know uh, you know some asshole was a little bit too judgmental, biased, or misogynistic, and perhaps you know somebody was feeding that person common sense, but let's say because it was somebody different from their peer group, dismissed it. You know, you know, you know what I'm saying? So I, I think we owe yeah. it to ourselves to um, be better, first off, as both individuals and as a society. But also keep in mind this. We don't move forward unless everybody has, it, has a hand on the oar, so to say. And we're not going to get there until we have greater inclusion from different people, from different parts of the world. And yes, from different genders, because don't want to have a situation where you shoot yourself in the foot because you want to hang out with your buddies at work. You need to include people. You need to include different people. You know, get some thicker skin. You know, you're going to invite some people who are different, women and men alike. Get to know them. You know, have them get to know you and figure each other out because that is how you essentially build either a better culture, a better civilization, a better machine, a better product. You know, whatever. I think, I think our survival in many ways very much is wrapped up in and greatly depends on being able to include as many different people as possible so we have much more solutions you know to you know to work with so you know to your project and to what you're doing i am beyond happy to hear about this and i'm certainly going to join the uh, social media communities you know very soon on this but uh Mocktail, thank you very much for coming on and talking about the uh be her ally project i really do like the causes and the themes that you're seeking to address, promote, and, you know, some of the problems you're seeking to resolve. And, you know, one can say, you know, art may be the uh, highest form of human expression. So, you know, all these great things, it uh, starts here. So thank you very much for coming on today. Yeah, thank you so much, Adam. Um, and thank you for, for your equal passion around this. I mean, even in our offline discussion, we shared some similar experiences. So um, it's, it's really good to know. And thank you for what you're doing. Thank you for the opportunity. And it's, it's great. Thank you. Likewise. And uh, we'll talk soon and have a great week. Absolutely. Thank you so much. All right. Take Go care, Mark Bye-bye.